Hello, Raccoon City residents, and welcome back for another installment of Raccoon City Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Andrew Taylor, and with me, as always, is my Resident Evil partner, Alex O'Neill from IrrationalPassions.com. Alex, how are you? I'm great, dude. I'm feeling good. Yeah. I got my hair tied back like Jill Valentine right now. Yeah, nice. And uh, I'm ready to talk about Resident Evil 3. We're in it now. Yeah. It's happening. We are in it. It came out this last Friday on April 3rd, 2020. Um, yeah. So I actually beat the game in one sitting. Mm-hmm. Um, Very proud of my boy. Yeah. Took me the game time. It said it was like 10 hours, but actual time that I played was like a little under eight and a half. I, I paused the game for a little bit and like actually got up and like went to the bathroom, had lunch, did all like that extra stuff like i had to do throughout the day but i pretty much just sat and played this all day long on friday and i enjoyed it i had a good time and i'm not i'm not (laughs) upset because i for one for people out there who have never heard of this show as you probably already know by the thumbnail it is a resident evil podcast but as someone who's more of a recent resident evil fan over the last couple years I have not ever played the original Resident Evil 3 at all mm-hmm. whatsoever. So I have no context of, I know the story beats and like all that kind of stuff. And, you know, the game that came out in 1999, like I just have no experience with it at all. So Where this do you is, plan on playing it from what I understand? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Okay. So like I was super hyped for Resident Evil 2 as that's literally the reason why the show exists. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I can't wait anymore. I really want to play like the OG Resident Evil 2 and see like how it handles. It's available on like PS Vita. You can get like a PS1 classic, whatever, on the PSN for Vita. And I played like the first five minutes of two and I was like, this is unplayable. Like I literally <laughs> can I can't do I these can't controls. Do <laughs> yeah, it's just this is it's unfortunately playable. it's just a rough time. Yeah, I was like I can wait. So I I waited. I got my game of the year of 2019 and yeah, it was great. But yeah. So like I said, I sat down and played it all in one sitting. I've also played played some of it. I've just not played all. You've played some of it. You haven't gotten as crazy about it as I have, but I'm our guinea pig for like, we're going to be talking about it in chunks. I'm going to be playing this chunks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So Andrew's going to be telling me when to stop and then we'll be playing through it. Yeah. And so over the course of that day, over the course of this last Friday, I just wrote down basically everything where I pretty much thought was like a cut, like a good place to stop, all of that. And I'll let Alex know as he goes on, like where he wants to stop. And I mean, we have like five or six episodes basically planned at this point based on how many sections there are. Yes. So yeah, I mean, there's like enough to talk about, but I, you know, also like we kind of mentioned it a little bit before in the last episode, but like, I want to have guests on here and I'd like to hear not just their experience with this game, but kind of their experience with Resident Evil as a whole. Yeah. And I think that would be kind of cool to expand the show a little bit more in that way, just because this game is, like, not long at all. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no two campaigns, like, RE2. There's no A scenario, B scenario for both characters. Like, it's just not the same game. But I, I consider it a-, a companion piece to that game and not so much, like, a sequel. It's like it's like it could be DLC, but it's not, <laughs> and that's okay with me. But like, I still got my money's worth. At least I felt like I did. And I haven't played through it again. I haven't touched 
the game since Friday. I, I've been doing other stuff, playing Animal Crossing. I've been I started Persona Five Royal. Or Royal, sorry, I keep saying Royal every time we talk about that game. I do kind of love it though. In, in yeah. Japan, it's called the Royal. If that makes you feel better. Ah oh, man, that's so much cooler. Yeah, that's so it, much cooler. It, just like Persona Four is called the Golden in Japan. Oh, that's so much cooler. Yeah. Yeah, but it just cool. doesn't work in. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Anyways, though, so yeah, we're gonna talk about the opening of the game, and then we'll you know come up to a section here where i say hey this is a good time because alex hasn't like i said he hasn't gone as crazy about it as i have and beat it all in one sitting so mm-hmm. let's just let's just get right into it the beginning of the game and before we started recording you said that you felt like you liked this opening of this game more than you liked the opening of re2 remake well let's talk about just like those opening scenes yeah and we're gonna be doing a lot of comparisons and i, I think that's just the nature of this yeah but so so like the opening scene RE2 right we got the the gas station with Leon or Claire right and, and yeah. that's that's kind of where you start there here it's this I love this opening first person scene with Jill kind of going through her apartment seeing the TV see we we get these FMV news broadcasts about the situation Oh, um, yeah, yeah. And we're, yeah. you know, very real. Which was which was pretty kind of like, yeah, it's real in our current situation. As yeah. <laughs> everyone knows we are dealing with COVID-19. Like, that Old shit's pandemic, like real. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, it was also kind of a weird thing for Resident Evil to do that. Yeah. Where, like, FMV it has... was super weird for me to see. <laughs> it was like, it's such a 90s thing. Yeah, but that's kind of, I loved it, you know? <laughs> I, yeah, I was like, all right, I they're committing to that. I appreciate what's going on here and we're seeing it the same way we saw RE7 which is first person mm-hmm. and you just like walk around you're like kind of looking at clips of papers and newspapers and all that stuff and pictures and and seeing yeah. like for me like as someone who's again in a similar boat of like a new Resident Evil fan uh, yeah. I don't have I've ties to the newer games not these older ones it, it felt like I was back in the pilot seat in a lot of ways because I'm playing Jill who's when I played a little bit of RE1, that's who I played. I'm. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about Umbrella. We're dealing with the fallout of the mansion. We're dealing with like the the Chief Irons. Like it, it doesn't feel like Leon, who's like this new character, kind of coming into a situation that's already escalated. It feels mm-hmm. like back in the shoes of the person that that's like trying to put trying to do something about this, which I, I really liked. Yeah, and it, it's it's what I really part of what I really like about just the setup of Resident Evil 3 as a whole and and being Jill and all that. So to kind of give listeners some context and Alex, like you said before, you have more knowledge of the newer games that have come out over the last few years versus like the the original three that came out in the 90s. So I did a little bit research because I'm kind of that guy. I love lore. I love that shit. I eat it up. I'll watch videos, 10 hour videos. Like I just, I do it. Okay. (laughs) So this game, this game kind of expects you to know what's happening and expects you to basically already have played RE2, RE1 and to know like that whole story. Yeah. So to give people some context for stuff that I feel like wasn't touched on in other games, which is, it's still really cool. So the ending of RE1 happens, right? And there's five people that made it out. So it's Jill Valentine, Chris Redfield, Barry Burton, Brad, Brad Vickers, Vickers, baby, and then uh, Jessica Chambers. Yes. Jessica Chambers, yeah. So they are the five. They made it out alive. And they're the last remaining members of Stars besides Wesker, who, as you know, spoiler, like turned out to be a bad guy at the end Supposedly of the game. Supposedly died within Resident Evil 1. Not really. Yeah. Not so lucky. Not really. And they're 
basically at this point in RE3 at the very beginning, Chris is in Europe, actually. So that's where he's at. He's looking for Umbrella. Barry Burton actually like moved his family to Canada. Yep. <laughs> Brad and Jill are the only two stars members who are still in Raccoon City, and I have no idea where Jessica Chambers is because she's kind of just whatever. In the wind, dude. Uh, but they all have the same mission to end Umbrella pretty much at this point. And so at the beginning of this game, you can see on the calendar and Jill, if you walk over by her calendar, she goes, oh, I only have like three days before I have to like, before I leave Raccoon City. And pretty much she's meeting up with Chris. So her and Chris are going to meet up in Europe and try to take down Umbrella and all of that. So kind of like a cool little backstory that the game doesn't really give you. Yeah. Oh, you also think, okay. Yeah, they're also going to meet up in Europe to fuck. Yeah, totally. (laughs) For sure. But yeah, so like having like that little backstory that I didn't really know, but I kind of had to find it in like a YouTube video or whatever. I was totally fine with that. I think I read some Wikipedia thing too, but I just like backstory. So I thought that was kind of cool because I was like, well, like why is she wanting to leave Raccoon City? Like what's the situation there? I mean, obviously there's shit going on, Mm -hmm. but then like, is there a reason we like find out she's story. like suspended by Chief Irons, right? And yeah, she got fired because like her and the rest of the team were like, "Hey, like there's shit going on." But then like, we don't want to let later, this go. Yeah, you find out in RE2 that Chief Irons is in on it too. He's getting paid by Umbrella to basically let them have all these secret labs underneath Raccoon City. Mm-hmm. And, and it's and just even, like it's it's fucked. <laughs> even on Jill's uh, wall, she's got some letters that say like you know po- local politics in the pocket of Umbrella. Yeah. pharmaceutical company appears normal from the outside but it's actually weapons manufacturing from the inside right like yeah a lot of stuff that she's kind of uncovered in the in the two two months again that's been since resident evil one happened mm-hmm. um canonically and and i i don't know i think that's cool I, it feels like we're like kind of living in the moment a little bit more and it, it's again just to see something so because it's different with two because leon and claire are new to the the lore and the world and claire is a returning or uh jill's a returning character it's cool to see the stuff from resident evil one back and like this and looking cool but not being resident Evil one still being something different well yeah to kind of expand on that particular thought it's cool to see jill in a completely new situation where she's like this is so much worse than what I've already gone through mm-hmm. because now this whole city, this whole city is infected and like, it's just absolute chaos at the very beginning of the game. And to kind of continue on with what we were saying earlier about, you know, you're going through the apartment and you're like reading articles and, you know, if you actually look on her shelf, her beret from the first game is on the shelf. I don't yeah. know if you saw that. I, saw I thought that. that was a really cool call out. Um, but then you kind of you go into the bathroom and then like she kind of starts having like this PTSD attack and sh- she's turning into a zombie. Yeah. And just, how did you how did you like that? Did I you... thought it was cool, man. Like I okay. this lingering fear because it's something they never talk about in Resident Evil. But this lingering fear of like I was around all of this and I am going to turn into this because everyone else turned into this. like this fear of becoming a zombie, right? Yeah. And and they there's even a note in in Jill's room that's like some people got infected and some people didn't. We don't really know why. Um, yeah. Maybe it, I think the theory that she has in her notes is that it's like the people there had like a stronger susceptibility to it or something, and people from outside didn't. But like, yeah, this fear that she's gonna turn into a zombie, that the virus is gonna get her too. Like, 
it's super real and it's like that moment especially like right now in the world we live in like of her going to the bathroom and seeing herself being sick is like it works on two levels and not intentionally obviously but it is a really powerful scene and, and like it humanizes jill but then you know she walks right out of that bathroom gets attacked by nemesis and takes it like a champ right like she's still a total badass and we yeah. never doubt that for any second yeah i mean like because yeah the second you finish that whole kind of episode that she has with the ptsd and then you realize okay it's it's kind of it's transitioning into into not this episode that she's having but it's it's this is actually going on in the city brad calls her and he's like you need to leave you gotta get out like right now (laughs) like yesterday coming yeah (laughs) and then all of a sudden nemesis busts through the wall and like it's it, it, it is a cool it's a cool like moment in the game, even though you're not like playing the game. It's mm-hmm. just a cutscene, but it's really cool. It's just like that, like you were saying before. It, there's a shot at the that very moment where she's on the ground and she's like terrified, mm-hmm. but then it just switches so fast, and she, she just gets in. She, yeah, she gets in a badass mode like so fast. I'm like, fuck yeah. Like yeah. she's terrified, but then she just starts unloading like on his head. And I'm like, this is great. I this love is this. someone who's been hardened by experience, not like crippled yeah. by it. Right. And, and yeah. it's, it's so obvious. They did such a great job with her character just in every scene in this first part for me. Yeah. Like I love Jill. I love yeah. her. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, the, I mean, there's a, the very ending of the game. I was, I, I tweeted about yeah, it tweeted a little like, bit. I'm in love with Jill Valentine. Don't yeah, tell my I wife. Like, I need to like, there's a moment at the very end of the game. I need it to be like commissioned art or something like that. It's just this, the coolest moment ever for me, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, like at this point, Nemesis is chasing her throughout her apartment building. And I kind of like the Uncharted-esque like set piece here where it's kind of a cutscene, but it's also not a cutscene. but you're still controlling the character and like she's getting chased by something and shit's kind of blowing up around her and you know what I mean? Like and you're kind of just moving to the next like yellow taped window and, yeah. and kind of jumping yeah. through the next thing. But yeah. it's a cool scene and like it's you- linear, but it's like it still works with what's going on. Yeah. And the, the thing is like yeah. there there's a, th- a reason why like Uncharted works where like kind of imitators don't necessarily do as well. And I, I think this, this kind of hits that same tier of like, this really works is because we, we know nemesis. It's because in a, in a similar way to like the final fantasy seven remake thing, just not to that same level, but like this moment is so iconic in resident evil and, and there, there's been so much love and detail paid to it, right? Like being chased out of your home and your home being destroyed by nemesis uh, and being saved by Brad, like all of this is like awesome, yeah. and it, it's yeah. it's it's well done. It, it doesn't feel cheap. Honestly, it's the thing that surprised me the most is just how quickly they throw you into it. Oh yeah, and and that's partly again why I like this intro more than Resident Evil Two is because I was doing. I, I felt like I had way more agency, and it it wasn't like treating me like I didn't know what was going on. It is like Jill knows what's going on. She understands what's happening. She understands. She doesn't know what Nemesis is, but she understands that it's probably something from um, Umbrella trying to kill her. And she knows she's yeah. got to fucking go. And she's yeah. not dawdling or wasting any time. And it's just, it's just instantaneous, right? And the thing is, I, I have a feeling like that's probably going to be the tonal shift from two to three as a whole. But like, I, 
I the I love both of them. I love that they both exist because yeah. I like the kind of brooding quietness of two that has you kind of sitting in this tension for a long time. But I also like the the kind of loud exhilaration of three that that is pushing you forward into danger constantly. So it's still dangerous and still terrifying because yeah. it's so out of your control. But it is way more action. It is way more fast paced. It is way more. You know, Jill aims yeah. her gun faster. She dodges. She's way faster, you know, like these kinds of things. Yeah. I just, I like that dichotomy. But it's also like, it also is the character. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like she has always been more skilled and like Leon and Claire are just like, Leon, sure. Yeah. He went to like the police academy, but this is They're literally newbies. this, this is this dude's first day. And like, he, he didn't go through the rack, like the Arkali mountain, like incident or whatever. Like he doesn't know any of this shit. So mm-hmm. like. That I like the I like that what's the right word interpretation I don't know whatever just like I love that you have that like skill transfer over into the player as yeah. a player you know what I mean like I feel more confident as a player you know yeah 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 greatest thing that this game does that I feel like in terms of Jill's character is that it never it never really makes her feel like a damsel in distress ever yeah. because she's so confident that. But she she is scared. She is still always like not like terrified, but she's still like worried and but she's still determined in the end of it all. And so it, you'll see throughout the game, Alex, kind of what I'm talking about. But she never she never comes off as someone who's in dire need. Yeah, you know. But she's also not afraid to to get help from other characters that you meet along the way. So yeah, she's like a competent. You know, she's a hero, and in a in a good way. Like she feels like in a way that Leon felt like he had to step into the hero shoes. She feels like they're you know they're pretty worn in, right? They're pretty yeah. comfortable in her. Yeah, for sure. uh, and that's cool. It's cool. Like that's the nice thing about sequels is we get to see these people that we know can deal with shit, deal with shit, and uh, it's cool that Jill, like this really old video game character that has been around for a long time and has been reinterpreted in a lot of ways. Like a lot of people have a lot of problems with her Resident Evil five interpretation and, and kind of how she is there. Even though I think it's, it, it's fine overall, but this is like a new coat of paint on it. It's a new kind of take on that character. And I think it's really good. Like, yeah, cannot like to what you said, like the, the game is tailored to the character, to the lead. And, and I can't overstate how important it is that they nail that. And I think they did. So, yeah, and I feel like it's, I feel like that is consistent. That's the most consistent thing throughout this whole game mm-hmm. for that character. And that's kind of like why I can oversee some other little, little nitpicks that people are kind of throwing out there right now. Mm-hmm. And like, they're understandable. And just for just a quick context again, is like I said at the beginning of the episode, I did not play the original game. I don't know really about all the stuff that was chopped out of the game or anything like that. But like I said before, if, if the character is consistent for me and like it's engaging throughout the whole thing like that stuff doesn't really bother me especially someone who doesn't even notice it in the first place but yeah i mean like kind of going back to the beginning here just it just really starts and you're running through the streets with brad and cars are crashing and there's helicopters overhead and very last of us uh yeah like opening yeah things are exploding and people are running everywhere and you don't i i don't think you see any zombies really until Uh, some Okay. They're about. Um, there's yeah, some yeah, behi- yeah. Because she turns fences. the corner. Yeah, she turns the corner and they're like that that bar. Yeah. And she's like, oh my God, like this is the whole city. Like this yeah. is. And Brad's like, this is 
this is the Spencer Mansion on steroids. And Cause it's like, fucking imagine, terrifying. You're, you're like <laughs> the only two people in the city that actually know what's happening, right? Like, yeah. So scary. Um, yeah. and, and like, again, thinking about going through a global pandemic right now versus 1998, right? Like, there's no information, right? There's no... <laughs> nobody knows what's going on. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, there's no global network that is connecting all of humanity so that people can know what the fuck they're supposed to do it's just one city isolated from the world and everyone is terrified um and again that's that's what we're living through and that's what that's what we're living in that moment with jill and uh that you you get split up from brad who gets torn up uh rest in peace brad (laughs) yeah uh sorry brad but like then you you do kind of like when when we finally get to that first section and not even like yeah we got to go to the subway and and meet carlos and all that but like then we're in the city and like we're doing resident evil stuff like it feels good kind of like it does feel like they it settles into resident evil you know what i mean like yeah it does feel like it gets to traditional re for a little bit and then it gets out of it and that's an all i wanted all i needed right yeah yeah because yeah, going past like the whole part where you finally get down to the subway, like what was played in the demo, like mm-hmm. all of that, getting to that portion, yeah, it does f- settle into that Resident Evil fashion like super quickly. And it feels good. Like we were mentioning before, this character has experience and so you feel like you've played so many Resident Evil games before, you kind of know what you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Just right. There's no really need for any tutorial throughout any of these games, like at all, at this point. And this game doesn't even really have one, like which no. I which I love. I think that's not at all. Great. I think that it's like, hey, you fucking know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. There's the button prompts, and then like the files that you can pick up if you're that sort of person. And yeah. like, sure, we already know how to make herbs and bullets and all that stuff. Like, it's pretty quick, and like it it just doesn't really hold your hand, which I appreciated because we've already played a Resident Evil game. Yeah. So, the, so, and you know, that's, that's that, that's the, the part of it, the tutorial part of it, but like the, the game design part of it of like in that first area after you leave the subway, right? There's like one zombie. There's only one. So it's a good like opening to combat. And then there's a couple more in the alleyway later. And I, I like that they kind of ease you into it. But what's great is, and you play the demo too. And I played it like three times. The there are way more zombies. Than oh the demo. yeah, it's, oh yeah. It's a way more harrowing situation. Yeah. And there are so many times, and I'm like loaded with bullets, and they give you a lot of bullets, a lot of ammo. Yeah. Uh, in this first part, but like even still, like there's a whole lot the, of bodies they're throwing at you. They do that the whole game, though. And I, the whole game is just bullets, 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 and it's fine though because it doesn't yeah. upset me because of the amount of zombies there are. Yeah. And you have to think about it this way: is that. RE2 is a very isolated experience in terms of, like, for those characters. Yes. And so giving you too many bullets is just going to make it easy, right? Whereas in this, it's like you're actually out in the city, you're exploring things, it's bigger areas, and there's zombies everywhere. everywhere, So it's like, yeah. And I love that. I think that was so cool, and it was a cool surprise, and I like how they shifted things up from the demo also compared to have plays like obviously nemesis doesn't show up until a little bit later um but i was so tense yeah. <laughs> let me tell you i was waiting for papa yeah. <laughs> papa nemesis to come down and be like hey no more fun there jill but it, i love that there was just so much more going on because 
I, in a lot of cases, and I don't know if, if you had this experience here or at other parts of the game, but like, didn't matter that I had a lot of guns. I was still physically just overwhelmed. Yeah. Uh, and it, even if I shot a lot and I had enough bullets to kill all these zombies, like, I had to do something immediately to get out of there. And that's where, yeah. like, stuff like the dodge, it's like, oh, I see, like, this implementation just way, makes way more sense as the kind of game this is, not just that it's chill and that they wanted to change it up. And it's like you got to just there's going to be so much more around you and kind of coming from all sides that, that it's better to just be able to kind of move and juke a little bit. I yeah, I, I thought it was really cool. It was a cool change. You know, again, like tons of stuff going on all the time yeah. all around you going off of that. Like there's still the red barrels that are around to kind of give you that whole separation from enemies. But like there's. Honestly, in that whole first area, there's like maybe three or four of those, but there's way more zombies. So like, yeah. you kind of have to like plan out how you're going to handle the crowds of zombies. And a lot of the times, if you didn't blow up that zombie or shoot that zombie like a hundred times, like it might just come back the next time you run run over it. And yeah. so, like, I had that happen to me a bunch. And like, I feel like it happened way more in this game than it ever happened in RE2. And that's probably um, because throughout- you're just downing folks and trying to get out of there. Yeah. In RE2, I was way more strategic about it where it's like, okay, there's a, I have very limited ammo in this game. I'm going to shoot this guy a couple times and he, he's going to drop to the ground. There's another one over the at the room, but first I'm going to cut this guy's leg off and then deal with the other zombie that's in the room. And it's like, okay, like there's a strategy to it where it's this, it's like, okay, I just got to shoot everyone and like down them and then just keep moving on because if you spend too much time with against all those zombies like they're just going to overpower you and that happened to me a couple times during the game but actually let's talk about that real quick so how did you feel about them basically not they're like okay so like we talked about it during our last episode where we felt like the graphics were a little bit better here Mm -hmm. in this game they don't have the dismemberment anymore Oh, um, but if you blow off heads, like that still is in the game. Yeah. But like their arms aren't like hanging from limbs anymore. And then they fall on the ground and kind of roll around. Mm. Like they just explode now. Like if you shoot off limbs um, and you can't, I can't cut their legs off anymore. Like with the knife, I used to do that as like a, you know, so they can't actually like get back up and walk at you. Like they have to crawl towards you. I did that in RE2. Yeah. But yeah, you, you can't do that anymore like you either just honestly kill you just kill the zombie or yeah you can use the knife to you know kill it like a thousand times or interesting a technical conceit to make the probably to make the game run with a lot more going on interesting yeah i guess like yeah that's that's just one of the trade-offs that they would have to have i mean i I definitely saw a crawling zombie at one point so i guess they they probably have like pre-made oh yeah ones of those yeah, I don't know. That doesn't bother me too much because it, okay. it's 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 a. I think again, it's part of like adapting to the kind of game it is, right? Like it makes more sense in like yeah. when you're fighting two zombies total in RE2, and it's like I gotta, I don't, I have three gun bullets, so I guess I'm just gonna shoot the legs off of both of these guys because yeah. uh, that's all I have ammo for. Versus this, where you have six zombies, period, and and you just gotta deal with it. I, I guess I get it. It's like a yeah. from a design. Because there's really no time to like. Yeah, you're. you're I'm not cut and, off everyone's leg. You know and, and I doubt I'm going to be coming back to these areas if at all. So yeah, that that does make sense. Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I didn't even notice. I, I think that is something okay. I, I probably would have noticed as I played more um, yeah. and experimented with that. But it did not, did not bother me. At least not yet. Yeah, it's 
it didn't really bother me either. I just kind of want to get your opinion on it because it is more of like a give and take kind of thing. It's like there is way more happening in this game than there ever was in RE2 at one given point. So like you kind of have to just, you know, you're never going to cut. Yeah, it's it's not the same. It's like you never really go back to the same area. You know what I mean? Like there's a section of the game that you explore, but then you move on from that section. Yeah. You don't really come That's back. That's what it feels like. like um, yeah. So yeah, I just wanted to see what you thought about because like that that level of detail in two was so cool, mm-hmm. and like you still do get that with this game is like you know like shooting zombies in the face like like parts of their face are gonna fly off like it still is detailed it's just not like the whole dismemberment thing basically so yeah. Interesting. I just yeah I was curious what you might have thought about that so yeah that downtown section kind of gave me that it was it was very Resident Evil yes and very re2-ish in terms of like the rpd kind of um remind I, me I some of claire's parts in re2 yeah um, i loved that is there any other thing in the downtown section you want to talk about moving on to the power station kind so, of subsection so let's talk about it. we we um we get into the uh the um the car shop uh mm. and we and we meet the kid right and then um he's like i'm not infected but he's like oh yeah bit all over and then not in the trailers, but they did show the kid in the trailers, but not in the trailers. Nikolai runs up and blows, shoots him in the head and yeah. walks away. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. oh, hello. This guy seems yeah. like a problem. <laughs> yeah. And he just dips out, too. Yeah, he's gone. He's, he's just like, no need, no time for a bleeding heart. Bye. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but, yeah, I mean, right off the bat, you pretty much know he is a bad guy. Yeah, he's a bad dude. <laughs> I mean, he works for Umbrella. But, like, yeah. we meet Carlos, who also works for Umbrella, but he doesn't know that they're the cause of this and it's like really dude you're like a soldier hired by a drug company and you're like not sure what's going on (laughs) yeah like it's very it's very cheesy yeah but it's good it's good cheesy but there's a really cool moment later on the game i won't spoil it where he realizes that he's working for the bad guys Mm -hmm. and it's just what happens is really cool for me at least i thought it was cool it's it's interesting that they're setting up for carlos to be like a character that i i kind of don't like at first but come around on mm-hmm. um and, and i dig it uh i wish yeah. he wasn't uh, at least he he very he comes across as very sexist i know that's like probably, he's a meathead yeah yeah, like, yeah. It, it's probably yeah. maybe not the intention maybe it is I, i'm not quite sure but but it's also like the 90s like meathead yes you know what i mean like every every dude bro in the 90s was like that like yeah you know i, I there's there's a fire blocking the alley. Well, I'm sure a tall drink of water like yourself can put that out. Like fuck off. Like, yeah. And she literally <laughs> she says, says that too. Off. She's like fuck off. But yeah, like it, you know, yeah. he might he might not win my heart over, but I appreciate what they're doing with him. But the but that that back and forth between him and Jill is throughout the whole game. Yeah, I figured. And it, it gets funnier um, over the course of everything that's happening. But then there is a moment where they both realize oh we actually pretty much need each other at this point kind of the same way that like ada and leon kind of had that same moment too yeah obviously that ended a little bit differently yeah hopefully Um, they don't kiss and have it be undeserved yeah have it be really weird like (laughs) why are y'all kissing right now why are y'all kissing this is a weird time like i get it like maybe it's everybody's horny in the apocalypse i get it yeah that is 100 (laughs) percent true but yeah so we get to the substation yeah you your mission at this point is you've met up with Mikhail. You've met up with Carlos. They say, okay, we have all these people on the subway. We got to get them out of here. 
we need to get the subway back on. You explore more of downtown, but then you finally get to this power station subsection, which is kind of like its own thing behind the downtown area. And it is fucked up. It's fucked up, dude. It's fucked up. We've like, I knew it, it was coming. Like, yeah, I knew, we knew what was there. <laughs> but, like, what are they called? Like, the Drain Demos or something like that? Oh, I don't or... know what the, the spider monsters are called, but they're... Well, they have, like, they have, like, a very specific name. And, uh, it's awful. Yeah. Whatever it is, it's, it's awful. <laughs> it's terrible. And the one thing I like about this section is she's like, wow, what is, like, all? what's all this stuff over, like, you know, it's just, like... I don't know. Like, we don't know. You don't know. Like, yeah, it's funny. It's very cheesy. But then she goes down to where she needs to start turning on the breakers to get this whole like power station back online to get the subway moving. And there's just like a wall filled with herbs. And I'm like, oh, great. Like, thanks. Like, just let me grab all of this because, yeah, yeah, I'm like, (laughs) clearly there's something about to happen here that I need to like grab all this shit. But it was worse, I think, than what you thought when the guy stuck his tube down your throat. It was terrible. (laughs) It it actually turned out to be bad. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah. So like these little spider things are crawling around everywhere. I shouldn't say little because they're like half the size of you. They're huge. They're dog sized. Yeah, and they crawl on walls, and if you get caught by one, they basically shove their little tube down your throat. Yeah, their little in fallopian like a tube. Terrifying fashion where she's like throwing up as it's like getting shoved down her throat, and there's just shit everywhere. And then it like implants its eggs inside of you, and the only way for you to get to like get unpoisoned by this thing is to eat a herb, and she just barfs it all out. Yep. And it's just like god this is terrifying it's <laughs> awesome though it's so great yeah <laughs> it's extremely like it, we we step into kind of like a different kind of horror movie in this part yeah. where it's like it's like a chaser or slasher for a little bit because nemesis is chasing us and then we step into like this weird uh john carpenter's the thing like yeah. terrible body horror <laughs> it's very like alien-esque yeah. in this moment and it's terrifying because those movies terrified me as a kid mm-hmm. and this is terrifying yeah, this as is an adult because it's just adult. yeah yeah <laughs> full circle I'm sitting there with my headphones on i'm like oh, i'm Re- reading all the sound design right now <laughs> yeah I, I was wearing headphones through this part too i was like <laughs> and you're reading yeah. that kid's journal where he's like oh one of those things done there stuck the thing in my throat mama i don't think i'm coming home this is it for yeah. me and he just blows up yeah it's gross but like what do you think about like that whole kind of section it's not very long you're, you're maybe there for like 10 15 minutes before you go back to the super the dead space vibes like this this feels like a section right out of dead space one honestly uh which is good it's a compliment for me uh it's a little simple you know like kind of going through these squelchy hallways and, and being attacked by these little gross spider mon- monsters and not little uh dog-sized spider monsters and yeah it's gross uh the power i love the the whole having to hold the button to push the huge power lever up and it shows you the hallway behind you while you're doing it just to fuck with you that's the, again very dead space as well yeah it's it's cool i you know i don't know if we'll ever fully get a explanation why the g-virus like makes meat walls <laughs> um me neither but, but it is good when you flip the switch in the the breaker room finally and the big sludge like explodes and burns up because yeah. you turn the power plant on she says something very cheesy too yeah she says when, something like, witty but i don't remember what she's it is. like burn baby burn or something i'm like okay yeah i'm this is this is this game and i'm down with that like yeah give me all the cheesy 90s one-liners. i'm here for it jill so yeah after you turn back on the power station you talk to carlos you're like hey i'm coming back we turn it on um 
And then Nemesis shows up. Boom! Bust through this wall that's like right in front he of you. He busts through like three brick walls in the first yeah. like thirty minutes of this game. So did you? You knew that was going to happen, right? I when felt you were running it. Back. It was like my gut was like tensing up like a very very tight fist. So yeah. I felt it. Like I did not know it was going to happen, but I felt it. Um, okay. Happens. He chases you through that back alley. I'm very tense. So here's the thing that I didn't expect to come back from the original Resident Evil Three. Uh, but does come back um, is when you do enough damage to Nemesis, he drops an item crate. And in in the same way that in the original original Resident Evil Three, uh, it's just like this big, huge black crate that comes off of him. It's just you hit him with some, enough juice, and he like ex- electric sparks out and and takes a, a nice long like thirty second knee, and just like a big old chunk of box comes out of him too. Like just yeah. a big old thick box comes out of him. <laughs> That's hilarious. I actually didn't do that. I actually you didn't, didn't do put that? enough damage. No, I didn't know. I have no idea what that. I chucked uh... like four grenades at him, like literally all okay. my grenades. So it was not okay. an insignificant feat, but I I was like i might as well like take a knee at this checkpoint and see if this can happen and it does so i okay. got i got a silencer for my pistol in the crate oh fuck. Um, i love silencers that increases the critical rate chance of headshots damn um which is clutch but it makes my pistol take up two inventory slots now okay because uh, it's got the sight and the, the silencer on it but it's a cool i was like whoa that's a cool cool item to get yeah, I'll have to go back and get that item when I play it here probably sometime soon. But yeah, so you lead, you're you're getting chased by Nemesis back to the subway. Mm-hmm. And it's terrifying the whole way because whole I'm at pretty much constantly checking the map to make sure I'm not like, going to get turned around so I don't get fucked by this man because like he is going to just destroy my life. And he hauls ass and he's got the, the tentacle thing, which is just annoying as hell um, and terrifying yes. altogether. He just grabs you. He just grabs you and pulls it back. And then, yeah, we get back to the subway at this point. And you have to, you have to go. There's a part where you have to go to the, the subway directory and, and that's choose right. the route, which is a fun little puzzle. Not hard. <laughs> then you go back to the subway. Did it you, actually took me a little while. To yeah, it, it took me a while because I like, kept going back through the maps and I was like, is this SAF12 or whatever? You know, but uh, did you get all the, the gems for the little collectible I thing? I did too. Yeah. Yeah. And you get a, you get a backpack expansion, you get a, a shotgun upgrade. And you get a grenade from the little the little tram now, station. Now, from what I understand, that puzzle was way way more intricate in the original game. Mm. Like it was way more a big part of like that whole first section. Yeah. Um, from what I understand, from what I've seen in other videos, but yeah, I mean, it was just it was like another thing. You just pick it up, bring all these pieces back to this thing, and it gives you stuff. I mean, I was okay with it. It yeah. was fine. It was you know it was, um, it was a cool like little thing because some of those things were out of the way. Yeah, um, and a little tricky to get. So, and then yeah, you go back to the station. You put in the route for the the subway. Go back to the subway. You meet up with Carlos, and then Nemesis shows up, and you and then just Jill being a badass I leads Nemesis away from the subway. Yeah, she's like, I got this. I'll lead him away. He wants me, not you guys. And then yeah, save the it's, civilians. It's, yeah, it's pretty much just another uncharted like chase scene. Yeah, at this point, it's a cool cool chase though. Yeah. So you're like getting chased through buildings. You're getting chased through like tunnels and stuff. Um, and then 
you finally like what i'm just trying to remember exactly what happens after like that specific like little chase scene because oh yeah you go to the sewer yeah you, you fall into the sewer and that's this is where i stopped for people listening at home we're gonna we're gonna okay. go a little bit past this but this is where yeah. i stopped when i was playing um so you you got into the sewer did you go anywhere in the down just, in the sewer at just all the first room on the left is a safe room and i went right in there so so I looked at the map a little bit. I saw like these this is kind of like two tunnels coming into one or whatever, but I haven't seen any of that yet. So let me put you at ease here just a little bit because yeah. I know that you were someone who wasn't a big fan of the sewer section RE2. Mm-hmm. It is not nearly as confusing as that. That's good. Um, it's way more straightforward and Are there big pretty meat much, monsters? There are big meat monsters. God damn it. But they're really not that bad. Okay. Um, are they the same as the yeah. ones in RE2? No, they're different. Okay, they are cool. the alpha or the gamma alphas, gamma omegas, or whatever. Basically, if you get caught by them, they make you into a jail sandwich. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. It is pretty awful. If you oh, get is, caught by one is, is are these like big frog monsters or is that silent? Yeah, okay. they're the big frog monsters. I saw uh, one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen. You you know this about me, Andrew, that I have a personal fear <laughs> of being eaten whole alive. Yeah, I saw a gif from the original Resident Evil 3 where uh, the when those frogs kill you, they just eat you, uh, and it's awful. Yeah. It's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. I'd rather them squelch me, jump on me, and make me a chill sandwich. Please it's do not, like, please do not eat me. Why does this virus have to infect everything? Why can't it just infect people? That's the like, thing about the G-virus, though, is that it, it yeah. does infect other things. Yeah, and it's all terrifying. And it's all bad. Yeah. Good job, Umbrella. <laughs> you, yeah. You did it again. So... You go through this whole sewer section, and there's some stuff down there. I won't spoil it for you, Alex. Is it long? It's like 30 minutes? 15, 15 to 30 minutes long. Okay. It's really not that bad, and there's just... It's it's more, you know, just... It's already too light at that point, pretty much. It's some puzzles, like like very light puzzles down there. And you find some gear, which is also helpful. It's going to be helpful for the rest of the game too. So it's just kind of like just that a, a segue point at that point. It's a good at, shotgun at that, in this game. Yeah, we haven't really talked about it. The M8. It's a good shotgun. Yeah, feels good. I personally like the shotgun from RE2 a little bit better. Mm. Um, because this thing spreads like a son of a bitch. Yeah, um, I like it. It spreads. Yeah. Um, but then after you pop out of the sewer, it's the first battle that you have with Nemesis. The first uh, and I won't get into too many details about it, but. It is a it is kind of a cool like little boss battle. It's not really that difficult. And it's it's way easier if you have saved everything that you felt like would probably help you against Nemesis at that point. So <laughs> I I do that. Like yeah, me too. I'm not using any of the grenades. Like even if he like during the downtown section, even if he was chasing me, I still wasn't I still wasn't not using any. I use I use some. <laughs> but I yeah. got a cool silencer out of it, so. Yeah. And it, because I was pretty much relying solely on the dodge at that point, which I was getting down consistently, and it feels good when you get that down. I'm getting better at it, but I'm still not great. So, yeah, I mean, we could probably wrap up at this point, just because yeah. I don't want to get too much into that battle. That's but, the first chunk you know, of Resident Evil 3. Yeah. Just like and Resident Evil some, 2. Say, we've done this. We've done it. We have have done it. But yeah, I mean, like, overall, it sounds like you've enjoyed your time with I'm it so far. It. Absolutely. I... It, it it's definitely it's not a, it like the pacing throughout the whole game is pretty consistent but like in terms of shit ton of stuff happening all at once 
that whole first section is pretty much the most over the top thing. Mm-hmm. But it kind of slows down, but the pacing is still really fast. I think pa- pacing is the thing that I've learned to appreciate the most with video games. Yeah. Um, it's the thing I like the most. So as, yeah. as long as it keeps this pace, I think I'll be fine. Yeah. And as someone who beat, who, who's like, in actual game time was eight and a half hours. I told some people that and they were like blown away because they're like, I beat this in four and a half hours, five and a half hours. It was like, yeah, but I looked for shit. Like I looked at everything. I felt like I read every dossier that was like around or piece of paper article. Like I really took it in as a whole because number one, I love Resident Evil. Number two, I want to get my money's worth. And number three, like I was having a good time. I don't want to rush through something just to like get it over with. And sure, like I did play it all in one day, but it's not a long game in the first place. And I don't really, I don't really understand how some people have like, yeah, I beat it in four hours. I'm like, then you must have known where everything was. I, I don't know. It just seems like some people over don't the look top. for extra stuff though, and it, that's, yeah. that's just never been how you or I play games. So, well, uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, like, I, I know I'm gonna play this game probably at least twice. So, do you, you want to know what the biggest? As someone who does deal with ocd in real life mm-hmm. the biggest thing for me was the, if the room isn't cleared i'm going back to that room yeah and i'm gonna find every be piece blue. of yeah it's be like blue. it has to be perfect for me so yeah it took me eight and a half hours and i had a good ass time with it yeah um, that's that's probably the pace i've been playing at like it, I, again that whole first part took me i think an hour and 50 minutes which is way longer oh than yeah i think it would take most people but i'm you know I went back. I, I made sure I collected everything. As soon as I got the lockpick, I went back and did everything with it before yeah, yeah, I knew yeah. Nemesis would show up. <laughs> so I, I was like, yeah. I'll just take care of these things before Nemesis is chasing me the whole time. Yeah. Um, and that was great. I think the lockpick's a cool item in this game, too. It's cool to see Jill get set back. Yeah. You can actually, during that whole first section, you can actually completely kind of skip Nemesis in a way mm-hmm. where if you don't go back through the donut shop, the way you did in the demo, he won't show up until you actually come out of the power station subsection. So you can completely pretty much skip him. So oh, you yeah. actually have to run all the way back to the subway uh, to talk to Carlos and then lead him away. And then the whole battle that you have on top of the rooftop, you can pretty much make the whole like first section kind of ne- nemesis less. I don't nemesis-less. know. Nemesis. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. I, I didn't even think that. Another cool little touch that I did find was when you go back, you know, the the pharmacy shop owner's little warehouse where his the safe is. Yeah. If you, if you go back to that after having done the substation, the pharmacy owner is a zombie now. Oh, cool. Um, as opposed to just the kind of body you can't interact with on the floor, he become he gets up and starts attacking you. Yeah. It's cool. And the code, the code is not the same as it was in the demo. Is way. it? Oh, yeah, I could. I don't remember the demo code, so I was just like, I went and got it the same. I didn't know if it was the same or not. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't the same code because you said it was. You said it was going to be, and I was. I like, was saying, uh, I wonder if it was going to be the same code. I'm glad they changed it. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, they changed a lot from the demo, though. There's a lot of good attention to detail. So yeah, but uh, so yeah, overall, we are. You are enjoying the game. I enjoyed the game as a whole. Do you want to rate like it? I, would, do you want to, would you score it? I'd probably... like So for me, RE2 is a 9 out of 10. Okay. That sub that sewer section is a bitch to go through in RE2. Like, there's just no getting around that. And it's it all looks the same. It's kind of boring down there, but... And it's just confusing as hell. Like, just as a whole. 
Uh, I still like, there's still parts of that section though. I do enjoy, uh, from RE2. Um, so yeah, RE2 for me was definitely nine out of 10. So I would say like this for me is probably between a 7.5 and an eight. Cause, and 7.5, some people will will think that's like a, not a good score. No, it's a good score. But like seven out of 10 is technically considered good. I've given a lot of sevens to a lot of good games and seven is a good score. So like. And I'm saying between 7.5 and 8. And like I was saying before, as a whole, this game is a companion piece to the slow buildup of what 2 was. Mm -hmm. Because this is so over the top, 2 was so much slower and scarier. But this still has like those moments of 2 along with its own thing. And I really enjoy it. So to play these games back to back, I actually do want to do sometime... Not in the near future or anything like that, just because I have other stuff going on. But I would kind of like to consume both of them back to back and see like how that works. Yeah, that could be fun. Yeah, it could be fun. Uh, it could be really weird and jarring. Who knows? But overall, yeah, like they just they work well together. I don't know if like playing the back to back might work well, but like having played that game last year and playing this this year, it's it's just more of what I I enjoy. Um, and it is like uncharted-esque and i'm okay with that so yeah 7.58 for re3 from me but yeah i'm excited to see like you finally finish up the game and what you think about it yeah i'm excited to see if if i'm going to be more critical of the latter half uh, yeah you could be and that'd be totally fine yeah Um, i I just i don't know who knows yeah i don't know what to expect so i i I don't think i will be if it it just continues on like it is i think i'll just have a good time so yeah that's that's really all I wanted. And like I got the game half off too. So it was like I definitely did not feel like I was shorted out of money. I had like a gift card or whatever. Oh yeah, okay. I did, did you did you know I I actually pre-ordered the collector's edition? Yeah. I I canceled that. Yeah, you can't, okay. <laughs> because it was it was like $180 and with everything that's going on right now, I was like pretty much the money. yeah, pretty much the only thing I wanted out of that collector's edition was the statue of Jill. Which I can probably get on eBay or something like that eventually. Yeah. Nabushin so, had to cancel his, uh, or I guess it was just canceled his um, Final Fantasy VII Collector's Edition. So yeah. Oh, that's such a bummer because I know he's like. But it's really also three hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> that's a tough sell. And, and, and he was like, "I bought it digitally. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's responsible, probably." I appreciate his passion. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode. Next week, we'll definitely. Get your impressions on that nemesis battle, mm-hmm. kind of leading into the part where we go back to for those who are have beaten the game. I'm sure most people have beaten the game, but you take on the role of Carlos. Yep, excited to see what that looks and feels like. Yeah, yeah, it's it's different. Yeah, it's different than Jill. It's different than Jill. So um, I'm excited to see what you think about that. But cool. yeah, yeah, I um, do you, should I just finish it? Do you think? Or do you want me to, to play through it in chunks? That's really up to you, man. I'm having like, fun honestly, playing through it in chunks if, if we want to keep the, the format as yeah. it is. So. It's just like the way I kind of cut things up here for sections of the game. I don't know if some of them are going to be longer than others. So mm-hmm. like one one section, quote unquote, could be an hour long or a half an hour long. I figured I'd do like, it in like three three to four chunks. So yeah. If you play a section, if you get to the next portion where you are, after you finish the Nemesis battle and you do take on the role of Carlos, mm-hmm. if you finish that really quickly, just go on to the next section. Yeah. Just go on to the next section. Honestly, you should play 
the RPD section, and then there's another uh, Nemesis battle after that. And you should play those. There. You should, yeah, you should play those back to back. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Go through yeah. to the, whatever the second boss fight is. Cool. Yeah. Yep. I'm not, I'm having fun, man. I'm, I was looking forward to this. Obviously, I love Raccoon City Radio, but I, I've been just having a fun getting back in the RE vibes. It's kind of yeah. like October in April. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Do you want to quickly speculate what they're going to do next? Well, so I, one thing that we maybe should talk about are these these rumors. You know about these hot rumors, right? Yeah, they're they're weird. Those those are weird rumors. Is apparently, it, 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 like there's a lot of rumors going around. There's some from reliable sources, some from not. But like that, there there will be a 2021 January Resident Evil game, and that it was going to be Resident Evil Revelations three for a little while, but mm-hmm. that became Resident Evil eight, which is wild. The idea that but there could like, be a Resident Evil eight as soon as January of next year is insane but if and they i don't they haven't confirmed it yet but there's rumors that it is just a continuation of ethan's story Mm -hmm. but then also like there's like some supernatural stuff like witches and werewolves and it's like this is weird so that's see that's the stuff i would i would be okay with them kind of veering in in different bioweapon territory right like not just mm -hmm. zombies but just supernatural because but it's to be fair the the one in seven kind of has some of those vibes yeah, for sure, but overall, it's still a bioweapon. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that is the main reason why this is all happening is it's a bioweapon. So I'm interested to see how that's handled. If that's the same vibe that we're gonna get, if if it's the, literally the same vibe as seven, I'm okay with it. Yeah, like it, that. I'm I'm fine with it. Like whatever the bio, you know, the the virus attacks like a dog or whatever and basically makes it into a werewolf. I'm cool with that. Or like someone has supernatural powers because of this virus like i'm cool with that i guess but i'm interested to see how that all evolves over the next few months or if that is a real rumor i'd be i'd be i think it'd be cool if we if we really see the kind of merging of these these ideas come together i I think we talked about this at the end of the first season of raccoon city radio but something like a character that plays in first person and a character that plays in third person or Mm. Obviously, two campaigns I, I would really like, like something that is like well done, or two campaigns that you actually switch back and forth while you play through the one thing, or or, or B sides again, but with you yeah. know actual big changes. But like something like they 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 brought Redfield into the end of seven, and they've brought Leon and Claire and Jill back, like all of the major characters, the four main casts of of Resident Evil. I would say. Plus now Ethan like could be a, a new team or, or at least a, a group of characters that you would pick to and make a game for. I think that would be really cool. So. Who knows? Speculating is fun though. Yeah. How do you feel about their rumors for another remake of another Capcom property that isn't apparently Dino Crisis or Code Veronica? I don't do know. you feel like they might be doing four again or if... It's a completely different Capcom property that they're going to be working on, or four would be so like weird because, like, I I feel like if they did four, like design wise, like the 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 layout of that game would just be one to one, right? They would mm. just put it in RE Engine and give it modern controls, maybe redo the voice acting and cutscenes. But you know, if you're going to do that, then you got to redo the whole. You got to do the whole thing. You got to yeah. redo the environments. You got to make new puzzles. You got to make new enemies. I really feel like if you want to do four, wait till 
the latter half of next generation. Yeah. Because we just got to, we like, we just got two I, and three, you know, I, we, we just got two and three. I'm happy. Okay. I am happy, but I'm also not like, I'm not going to hate on Capcom if they decide to remake four. I'm yeah, really not going to, that's their choice. It's, it's a business decision. It's, and it, it would make sense at any time, right? Like that, yeah. that game would sell no matter what. So I get it. A hundred percent. And, but another thing is like, it just came out on switch like a few months ago. It came out on PS4, like four, four years ago or whatever. It's like, we have it pretty much on every console. What I'm saying is just, if you really want to do it, I think what would make me happy is just, if you want to remake it, like wait till the latter half of next generation. Or like if my stance is, if you're going to do it, do it like Resident Evil 2. Like do the whole yeah. thing up. Do it, do it like Final Fantasy 7, dude. Like that yeah. is one of, considered one of the greatest games ever made. It is incredibly important and influential, much like the original. And and the original, I think, got that treatment of the time. So I yeah. think if you're going to remake 4, you go balls to the wall. You make it the best looking, best playing, best feeling, scariest. Because everyone loves it. Yeah. You got you to gotta do right by yeah. that game. And I, yeah. the thing is, like, the people making it love it, I'm sure, and would making yeah. that remake would also love it. But like you get you give them all the money they need and all the time they need to do it right. Yeah. Um, because that, that game deserves to be done right. Cool, man. Cool. All right. Well, I think that's gonna do it for this week's episode. Um, yeah, we're back, everyone. Baby. We're, we're back. We're playing the game. I haven't played any Project Resistance or Resident Evil Resistance or anything like that. We will we though. Jump. And we'll talk about sh- it at some point on here yeah. as well. So um but yeah, over the next couple of weeks, just going through the game, talking about specific sections, and then yeah, we'll have probably some people on maybe next episode um, and talk about their impressions of the game and how they feel about it. But yeah, that's going to do it for this week's episode. As always, thank you for listening. If you want to check out irrationalpassions.com, the people who are helping me support this game or this podcast, sorry, definitely do so. You can find them over at irrationalpassions.com. You can find them on any podcast service of your liking, of your choosing. Um, And you can find them on YouTube too. Uh, lots of great like little videos. I love the indie highlights by Mike. Yeah. Appreciate those. On hiatus right now, but yeah, uh, I know he's taking a break, but I still appreciate. We that, got we, so. got we got new stuff. I guess by the time people are hearing this, um, uh, a trip to Nintendo Land just launched, or our new Nint- monthly Nintendo podcast. Awesome. Um, which you can also go and subscribe to and everything. So, uh, cool. yeah, it's it's irrationalpatch dot com. Fun stuff there. Cool. Uh, is there anything I'm missing? Um, uh, follow Andrew at Papa Drew Bear. That's on Twitter. right. <laughs> I'm Alfighter27. Um, Irrational, po- Irrational Pageants at Irrational Pod. Tweet us if you have like thoughts, impressions, feelings, questions. Tweet at Andrew or myself and, and ask them for Raccoon City Radio. You can hashtag it RCR. I think we'll be able to get it then. Uh, that's the one. I think that's it. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.